This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm going to tell a difficult story, part of a story. It'd be impossible to tell the full story in this brief period of time. But I'm going to start sharing a story with you about a topic that has been really challenging. It's been my experience with divorce, which has been uh, nine years plus on a two-year marriage. I have spent millions of dollars, millions of tears. I have had a horrific, I have had a horrific Hall of Fame nightmare divorce and I have been I've been struggling with talking about this for years a because it didn't have a finish point b because I have a daughter and because it's private and I've just struggled because when do you when do you share something so it can help someone else I've gotten so many messages and I hear so many horror stories about people going through challenging experiences with divorce. And I feel that it's irresponsible to not give, all I do is give advice on business, on being an entrepreneur, on things that are so inconsequential in my life compared to what I went through. So that's what I'm trying to explain. My business has been such a big part of my life and I have been so successful and I've done something that many people have never done before. And I've shared so much about it and I've talked about it and I've written about it and I've written so many books and articles. There's nothing in my life that has affected me as a mother, a woman, a human being, emotionally, physically, mentally, uh, 
my 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 face is different. I mean, nothing has affected me in the same way as my divorce. There's nothing that I'm more of an expert on in the world than than divorce. Nothing. I'm literally what I have overcome and accomplished in divorce is so much more enormous than what I overcame and accomplished in philanthropy or business. Divorce has been my greatest struggle and ultimately my greatest matter to survive. And it was torture. So I I just would, I've battled with this and I feel like I must share slowly but surely portions of what I've been through to help other women. There's just no way to get around it. I want to be sensitive. I hope you'll help me be sensitive. I want to not do this. Um, This isn't to be headliney or splashy or salacious. It's not gotcha. It's not clickbait. It's literally delicately trying to help you to navigate one of the most challenging struggles you'll ever go through in your life that not enough people discuss in a tactical, literal, granular, prescriptive way. Many people, particularly women, have reached out to me to ask me advice, how they survive it, how they get through, have told me their stories, varied, but all connected in some way and similar in some way. And many millions of women are struggling with their journey to divorce. And there are some horror stories. Uh, Divorce is a business. People make millions of dollars off of it. Divorce is hundreds and hundreds of hours in court and it's a legal bottleneck. Divorce is a necessary evil, just like a prenup is a necessary evil. But I want to talk about touchy topics related to marriage, prenup, postnup, divorce, how to protect yourself, how to prepare, and how to repair. So I was married in my 20s. Oh, and I also want to say that I don't talk about this specifically as it pertains to my daughter because I don't want to talk about my daughter as it pertains to this matter specifically. I mean, I'll get into certain things because it'll be unavoidable in describing things to you to not mention my daughter, but I haven't really talked about it in great detail. A, because it wasn't over, fully, fully over. I didn't have a finite ending. B, because of her, and C, because I felt that I've always been bound and gagged and shackled. And while that's fine and that's to protect children and a circumstance, whether it's Me Too, a physical or emotional abuse, whatever it is, people have to speak up in order for other people to learn. And I've been through an ordeal. I've been through hell. I've been to hell and back. I can't, I mean, I'm going to explain, but I can't express to you how bad my experience has been. I was married in my 20s to a nice man who I loved his family. We were very close and I was kind of marrying him and them because I didn't have my own family. And uh, it didn't work out and... Uh, I remember sending back to him the ring and a pair of earrings his parent had, parents had gotten me. Uh, and I believe he sent me a watch that I bought him. And I did not know anything. And 
we didn't have, I didn't have anything and it was just, we're divorced and there's no money that needs to change hands and no one needs to give me anything. Um, and bye. I was 26 years old. And he came from a wealthy family and, you know, there was never a conversation that I would take anything from him after six, sorry, after being together two uh, almost three years but married for seven months uh, there's no way that I would take keep a ring we were married but the it's my engagement ring because we did get married but still it just it just was like right and wrong that was it you know I, I've never taken anything from anyone okay never um and so I am always very trusting I really am. I will focus on the minutiae and the small details with the things that really could matter. Um, I'm not like this anymore and I've learned, but you don't want to be bitter. But the things that really could matter, you kind of just don't want to deal with. Like you close your eyes and say, if I can't see them, then they're not real. And back, and when I got married years ago, I wanted to marry someone who could sort of, um, who was, re- I, I ended up marrying someone who was a just a regular person, um, who seemed like they could handle all of what's going on with me and being in reality television. And um, I was sort of proud of myself for just marrying someone who had a simple life and they didn't come from much. And so they would never want anything from me because uh, this is just not the way that it goes. People who don't come from a lot just are happy with that sort of small town life and and that that would never really be a whole issue. And I had a lawyer that said to me about my prenup, it's terrible and I wouldn't let you sign this. And of course I said, no, no one's taking anything from me and, and you know, I'm trusting and I just don't want to deal with this. And it was embarrassing. The word prenup is embarrassing to me. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. A contract when you get married, it's an uncomfortable, awkward concept. You're literally, I was watching Yellowstone and Beth and Rip are going to get married and he doesn't have any papers. And so she said, getting married isn't being in, having a contract. We're not, we're not going into business together. So if I had known that getting into marriage is the same thing as getting into business together uh, with a business partner, I mean, my eyes would have been more open. So for those of you listening, no, every I think it's Tyson. I'm sure I have the quote wrong. So I've got to look it up once and for all. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. So let's just start from the beginning. I don't care if it's a small business. I don't care if you're starting a philanthropic organization. I don't care if it's a bake sale, okay? Or if it's a cute little macrame business with your your camp bunk mate. Be organized because shit doesn't happen when it's nothing. Shit happens when it's something. So be a big girl and a big boy and be organized in the beginning. Have the uncomfortable conversations. I don't say to my business partners, oh, I don't want to talk about that. That's weird. They would never do that. I don't say when I get into business with major multi-billion dollar corporations, they would never do that. They don't want my money. They're not interested in that. I mean, it's just preposterous. So just don't be so trusting, okay? Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. Love this. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, 
podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like a recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Moving right along, don't get into something if you don't feel that it's absolutely right. That's business that's relationships don't 
move forward and do something because it's what everyone else is telling you that you should do because it's what you feel that you should do because it's what your parents want because what everybody else is doing if you, it's uncomfortable to break something off it's uncomfortable to do something challenging and unpopular but trust me continuing to go down a road that you you think in your gut that might be wrong is a recipe for a lifetime of heartache so please if there's nothing else you learn from me it is that just understand cracks become craters problems you see in the beginning will become massive canyons later so think about how things look in the beginning um and these aren't supposed to be numbered one two because i'll forget what number i'm on but anyway um next i i was wrong i misjudged i was totally totally wrong and i started out and thought that i would consciously uncouple I thought that I would be a great co-parenting. It's amazing in the movies. It's so great when people can just support each other and understand that you want your partner to have another boyfriend or girlfriend or fiance or, or wife or husband because you want more people to love your child. That's a good thing. Um, you want schedules to be flexible, meaning if it's best for the child, you have to put the child first. You have to find a way, no matter how angry you are, you have to find a way to make your child's well-being more important than your anger for the other person. I'm trying to choose my words wisely. I've been the victim of the opposite experience. I've been the victim of anger trumping the benefits of a child. And this could be even in a situation where both parents love the child so much. Parents are tempted to win the favor of the child, to buy them. There's a great thing. People get divorced and all of a sudden it could be the mother or the father that wasn't really involved and then they become super parent. They're so involved. Then every time the kid goes back to one parent, they're buying them a thousand gifts and trying to, guess what? Kids are smart. They know everything that's going on. No kid's going to not take a gift, but they get what's going on. Kids will go where it's good where it's emotionally healthy. They are, they are living, they are breathing, they are growing. They're literally growing right before your eyes and they are growing emotionally. We think about them literally. We don't think about them how, that they're emotional beings that are going through changes and every moment in a child's life is like a, a, you know, a year for somebody else. So they're just becoming different. And I always thought about Bryn. I have never talked bad about, I would never talk bad about uh, anyone in Bryn's life negatively that affects children and I remember the first time we were getting divorced and I remember going to see the judge I wanted primary custody of Bryn because I have a challenging schedule sometimes I have to travel most of the time I'm at home but in the event that I had to go which only happened one time in a decade to Australia for eight nights I don't want to be away from my daughter I want there to be some flexibility so in asking for primary custody I wanted to be able to have more time so I could give it back, be flexible, but have flexibility with my schedule. And I had the gut instinct and the intuition that my ex would be very rigid about that and would just hold it to the letter of the law. And then I would just, if I, I would miss out, I'd either have to miss out on an opportunity or a financial opportunity. And I was supporting my daughter and my ex or, you know, and I, I didn't want to be away from her ever. So I just wanted there to be some flexibility, but some people... You will find, and you need to know this when you're getting divorced, understand that when you're getting divorced, if unfortunately you're getting divorced, that you have to be very thorough in what you agree upon and you have to fight for what you want and it will be uncomfortable and you'll want to give up. 
but you have to really get what you want and what you need. So custody agreements, divorce agreements, things like that, they're 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 pieces of paper, they're documents. No judge, no lawyer, no person can know anything that's going to happen, any accident's going to happen, any kind of natural disaster that's going to happen. I don't mean in the world, I mean it, within your own life. People get sick, people have emotional issues, people have issues at school, children have um, drama with friends. You have to know that it's a document just for structure. It's not supposed to be used as a weapon against the other person and to control a situation. Because it's used often as a weapon and a judge only looks at, you know, writing on a paper and a signature. So some people want to use that and, and, and weaponize a document, not so it's in the best interest of a child, but so it's to do a gotcha and count every day and there's no flexibility. That's debilitating. It's not good for a child. It's not good for you. It's not good for your partner. I was part of a, in a very extreme example of circumstances I had a situation where I had an apartment that I paid for with my money that was in my name. And one day my lawyer said to me, it's not in your name. I had no idea how that could possibly happen. I used to be in my apartment and documents would be handed to me. And I remembered there was the final page of a document and it was described to me differently. And then I later found out that the document was forged and illegally notarized and that my apartment wasn't my own apartment. So I had to spend millions and millions of dollars and months and months and appeals to the court to get my apartment. That was one dreadful thing. I was followed. I was hacked. I had my email broken into. I had my every move watched without my knowing it until I realized because I couldn't figure out why I was being tormented. I was threatened. I was harassed. I was emailed hundreds and hundreds of times in a very short period of time. And everyone that I went to, professionals said, you are not being physically abused. And I said, I know this isn't right. I know this isn't right. And this was about me at the time. I knew it wasn't right for my daughter. I wasn't able to communicate with her. I wasn't able to talk to her. I wasn't able to FaceTime her when it wasn't my time. I was taunted. I was tormented. And I wasn't able to communicate with her. It was absolute torture. You have a little kid who's being shown candy and being lured into another room and they can't talk to you. It's 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 exasperating because then if you do have to go on a work trip and you're away for five or six days, you just don't get to speak to your child and you're panicked that they're going to forget you. And, it, you know, you've all, if you've been divorced or you're getting divorced, you know you have this fear. It was my worst fear come true. I had to live. Lawyers tell you that you can't move out of your house. You have to stay in the house. The the What is it called? The, the spousal, the marital residence. You have to stay in the house. How could you stay in the house with someone you're going through issues like, like fraud and being recorded and, you know, you're now in a house with someone because you need to spend time with your child. I had to make individual decisions that I wasn't allowed to do. I bought another apartment and moved out of the apartment that I owned because I didn't want my daughter to be in this den of hell. I wasn't allowed to do that. My lawyer said, you're not allowed to do that. It's a financial it's a financial choice and decision, and you haven't figured out your finances yet. And I said, I have to be a parent first. I, I can't keep my daughter in a, in a horrible circumstance. So for the years that my lawyers told me I wasn't allowed to buy something, Bryn and I were staying in corporate apartments, temporary apartments, and hotels. We were in a hotel or a friend's apartment every week because we weren't allowed to buy something, but we couldn't handle being in the main house. The judge who said... 
having a custody battle is like watching your child drown, asking you for help. That's what Judge Gesmer said nine years ago. And I remembered it. I cried and I thought, okay, we're going to figure this out. And now I'm a victim of a nine year situation because I had to fight for what was right. So I, we'd stayed in hotels, corporate apartments. We couldn't stay in my main apartment where we had, I had a padlock on my door um, to protect myself. And it was not acceptable. And my daughter still remembers, even though she didn't know what the point was, but she knew that my, th- that the bedroom doors were locked, which is not in her best interest. So then after a year or so, I said, I have to buy my own place. This is not stable for her. That's how I ended up with a house in the Hamptons. So there was a stable place in the, in, in the summers to go. It was exhausting. I used to pick her up from school and I was terrified to go home. So I would take her in my heels from my talk show, my full face of makeup, my lashes, and I would take her anywhere. I would take her anywhere from Barnes and Noble to any kids club, to any play date, to anything, to, to mommy and me, margaritas with friends to have Mexican and the kids would run around, anything to, to reduce the time at home. I'd try to get her home and then I'd try to just have her in a bath and I was taunted within my own home. I had, I've had someone crawl into my bed and look me in the eyes and say, is everything okay? I've had someone follow me when I'm trying to read a book to my daughter in her bed. I've been absolutely tortured. And I'm telling you this because you need to understand that crazy things can happen and you need to protect yourself. I want you to know that the legal process is brutal it takes a long amount of time and a lot of money. I'm sure it exists for people who don't have money. And I would like to get into that as a charity. I don't know exactly how people who don't have money get a leg up and get ahead of this because I have money. I've spent millions of dollars on this. That's the old, And I had to keep persevering, um, keep going back to trial for what's right. Um, but I did it myself. When I tell you that lawyers can't do this for you, no one else can do this for you, I did it myself. I went, I remember Dennis who passed away, he told me that what I ended up doing with my assistance would be would cost like $100,000 in, in, le- in legal secretaries to do. I basically went through all of the abusive emails, texts, things written about me, experiences. I had them in binders. I have 20 binders that have tabs with different categories from taunting to obsessing over men that I dated to to all kinds of harassment categorized because not until I had it so organized and until an incident happened could I take legal action. And finally, the first time I ever felt like I could exhale in years was when legal action was taken against what is emotional abuse. I had to take matters into my own hands and methodically and slowly capture the recordings, the emails, the texts, all of it together in an organized manner as if it was a thesis to have action taken. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. Love this. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women, like, especially when it comes to Black women. The way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. I think it's important for me to talk about the whole industry concept and trauma of the topic of divorce. I realized something staggering the other day and I can't unrealize it. This is crazy. I'm having a hard time even uttering this next sentence because it will make me start crying. 20% of my entire life has been spent going through this divorce. How insane is that statement? A fifth of my life I've spent dealing with this divorce. It's unbelievable. Think about how we spend our time. So I consider myself an expert on the topic. I consider it my responsibility to share with people what I've been through so they don't go through it as well. And I need to, in a very detailed and granular manner, gradually describe many different things that I encountered because there are very few things that I did not encounter 
during the process of my divorce. Even still after that. So I had to fight for what was just in being emotionally abused. I had to fight for what was my legal property. I had to fight for contact with my daughter and for her to not live in a den of hell. I had to fight the whole entire way. And recently, after nine and a half years, after slowly and methodically going through a process, it was over. It started to be over because after legal action was taken and my ex was arrested uh, and a couple of other things happened, I was I went back to trial for the umpteenth time and was given decision making for my daughter's medical and education and decision making is very important because god forbid this people always think about just the time it's not the calendar god forbid there's an emotional issue there's something that goes on a real decision needs to be made about medical or emotional you need someone needs to be the tiebreaker so think about that so that was great and then in the beginning of the pandemic because this has been such a traumatic time for so many people and emotions are running high and we don't think enough about how it affects kids and their emotions and just their world is different their school's different the mask is different the pods are different the friends are different everything is different vaccines it's just a different world my daughter didn't want to transfer and do custody transfers and my lawyers said to me you must transfer her she's 11 you're in charge you tell her to go and it became emotionally traumatic for her and she wouldn't go and she experienced a lot which I don't want to get into great detail but a lot of trauma and I said to my lawyers just like I said years ago about the fact that I wasn't going to make myself and Bryn stay with an ex in a marital residence just because lawyers and judges say you have to you have to do what's best as a parent I said you have to be organized though you can't be wild and rogue I said I'm not going to drag my child out of a car she hysteric it's it was I can't, won't get into detail but I wasn't going to do that so I was then threatened to be arrested and held in contempt of court and Bryn was awarded her own attorney so she could have a voice and she could have rights for what's best for her not what's best for me not what's best for my ex what's best for her and it started a whole legal process that I fought for and stayed the course and did always, always, if you always do what's right for your child, you'll always be doing what's right in the situation. And it's challenging during divorce to do what's right for your child because you're also supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing, what you signed on some contract, what someone's going to tell some judge. But real life is not on a piece of paper. Real life is okay. She's transferring on Tuesday at 4.30. Great. My child is having a traumatic experience and will not transfer. That's real life. Uh, a contract says you have to live in a house that is a torture chamber and real life means you have to do what's best for your child. So that's not an easy balance. It's not going to be an easy balance for you emotionally. But if you've been through a challenging situation or you're about to enter one, I always thought of it as something to survive, something to survive that was that I thought would kill me many times that I fought for that I survived. I tried to trust the process. I listened to anybody who would give me advice and tried to figure out, go with your gut instinct. You know best everything that happened and that everything that happened is because I made it happen. Lawyers don't make things happen. Lawyers execute what you need to happen. And I, my lawyers were amazing, but I drove the entire process. I drove the research. I drove the, the decisions, what was just, and you need to think of it like 18 holes of golf okay you know when you're at one and you just know you're going to get to 18 you don't know how and you think it's going to kill you and 
I will say, don't sweat the small stuff, meaning the minutia doesn't matter. Don't rack up bills and time and stress over bullshit, small bullshit that doesn't matter. It only matters if you let it bother you. Then there's really big things that do matter, real issues. Um, And I've been through every single one of them. So on December 8th, my nine plus year custody divorce battle ended and it is the greatest relief and the biggest struggle, obstacle, fight, emotionally tormenting experience I've ever been through in my entire life. And if I can help other people to make that journey easier, that's what I'm here to do. So I've never spoken about this. And I, I really also, if there's media that ever listens to this podcast, I really uh, implore them to be respectful because the reason that I'm doing this is for the people listening, the women in particular who are not in control. They haven't made the best financial decisions. Somehow they got on a road and now they're being dealt a shitty hand and they don't know how they're going to survive. They're being emotionally tormented, financially controlled, and they can't see a way out. And for me as a wealthy person who's successful, who's powerful and strong and has great lawyers, I have thought that I would never see the way out. Nine and a half years, one foot in front of another, like a hike, like a 60-mile hike, one foot in front of another, making good decisions, never taking the bait, always doing what was best for my child, always thinking rationally, always saying to myself, please, this will end at some point and you'll have a story to tell. You'll be able to help other people. You will survive something. You will learn something. You'll be able to use this as a teaching tool. I don't know what this is, but I know this is important. I've been, I've seen enough messages from women. I've been gag ordered long enough. It's doing everyone a disservice if I don't truthfully explain that I've been through fucking torture and hell, emotionally abused, tormented, stolen from, defrauded, tricked, recorded, hacked, You name it, it's happened to me in nine years. And I came out on the other side and it ended because I fought for what was right. And justice came. It came late. It was long. And the divorce business is is a shitty one. But justice was served. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a dying. Healthcare is a right! Healthcare is a right! And in the process... 
share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.